0: All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast for Tuesday. It's February 4th. I'm Doug Norrie. Over there is... James Davis. And we are going to talk a four-game slate of, of NBA. It's, a, it's actually an interesting slate, considering there's only four teams. The teams are pretty good. A lot of superstars. You don't get a concentration of superstars on a slate when there's really only four games. We also have the trade deadline kind of breathing down our neck. The trade deadline is Thursday at noon, I believe. Well, it's definitely Thursday, and I, I'm just saying noon with question mark because i can't remember it's like noon or one o'clock and it might even be just a little later maybe it's five o'clock i don't know but um you know how much do we factor in like i feel like in past years we've kind of had to sort of be aware right of teams when the trade deadline is looming because guys could just not play right like they could guys could just get shipped out at any point i don't get the sense that this year's trade deadline is going to have that same sort of frantic energy. But there are teams tonight, like Milwaukee definitely wants to acquire somebody. Houston probably wants the to. The Rockets, yeah. yeah the, I mean, the, the Capella thing. is That's the, the most palatable like sort of rumor at this point, rumors have among these teams has to do with Capella um, because they are trying to shop him for reasons that are a little confusing to me, but whatever. And then Portland, I'm not sure. Denver, they could trade somebody. San Antonio, probably not. And then the Lakers, I'm not sure if they have the assets. But like the how much do we want to be aware of it like over these next 3 days or is it just something that like we is sort of catch as catch can because in past years like the day after the trade deadline sometimes is like the worst day ever for auditing the system i don't get the sense that it's going to be that way this year
1: yeah i kind of feel the same way i think also we're seeing a lot of stuff like you know Tristan Thompson uh sat last night there's stuff that's happening and some word is that it's trade-related, but I feel like just reporting in general has been pretty strong this year. Would you agree? Like I I feel like we're getting news a lot earlier than usual even when it comes to starting lineups and health and everything else. So I I think that we'll know. And I think since... Actually, credit to Bill Simmons here. My alarm goes off. Um, A credit to Bill Simmons here. He pointed out that trading right now is really hard. Uh, The very best players are making tons of money. And then there's this kind of big gap and then there's this Lower to middle group, and the way trading works in the NBA is that you have to get salaries to match up to a certain percent, and that makes it really uh, difficult for good trades to come together. So I think you know there are many more people that would want to be buyers and sellers than there will be in reality. So I don't think it's going to be quite as hectic as it has been at some points. I
0: was listening to Hollinger and Nate Duncan's podcast, and they do like sort of more of an X's and O's, a lot of, a lot of front office stuff because Hollinger worked in the front office for the Grizzlies for a while. But um, they they did like two part trade deadline. Series but it was hilarious because they went through all the teams But then all the teams it was only it was basically only how these eight teams could trade for like these four guys Because <laughs> it was really only four guys. it was like Coving- It was like Covington Beach Lisa Marcus Morris and then like Marvin Williams and then they would go to the Sixers <laughs> How could they get Covington Beach Marcus Morris or Marvin Williams and then they go to the next team? So like it was more about the teams than it was about the players And I think that speaks to what you were saying about what Simmons is a kind of pointed out in terms of the money is that in the end there's just very few ways for this to go and so maybe that's just what gonna end up being the story of the deadline and i don't know 48 hours still to go 48 hours 72 hours something like that who can do the math um uh, it's left to go on the trade deadline we'll probably hear something before the end and i doubt it's gonna be anything earth shattering we do have a four game slate like i said it starts at 7:30 eastern so adjust your family obligations correctly or don't tell them just have them have everyone assume it starts at seven and you get the extra half hour for yourself assuming that's how you roll with DFS, which according to our members only chat, it's a lot of people roll that way. I'm very excited when there's an extra half hour on top of locks. But mm-hmm. we do have uh, some really interesting teams. The first one's Milwaukee and New Orleans. And I think the most interesting thing here is Milwaukee, not overwhelming favorites to just blow. I, I, I literally
1: had the same exact thought. Six and a half point favorites. That's so like, what I mean. Like you,
0: Usually it's like, okay, are they 11 and a half or 14 point favorites against these terrible teams? Uh, New Orleans... Doesn't rank as a terrible team, but although even if their record is a little weird. But, yeah, six-and-a-half-point road favorites. And I guess the reason I'm pointing that out to start is that typically with the, the Bucks, all we're looking for is can we get what is considered to be max minutes for them. And now max minutes for them for Giannis yeah. is like 32 minutes, right? And so um, – Yeah, but other guys on a short slate. Like tonight,
1: several of these other guys are in play. I mean, Bledsoe, Middleton – Brooke Lopez, like, there there are a lot of bucks <laughs> that you have to consider if you want to make a realistic lineup tonight.
0: And, so, yeah, so they have the highest implied total at 125. The next highest is the Rockets at 120. Obviously, we'll get to them in a second. Lakers are sort of tied in that same area. I mean, does that make Giannis just sort of, like, a must-play on the slate? I, I rarely say that because, again, the minutes are always... Okay, the guy can walk out there and play 25 minutes. Now he can go 30 and 12 in those 25 minutes, right? So, like, he mm. is, a, you know... A, cut from just a completely different cloth than most of these other guys. His last three games, though, 30-19, 31-16, 30-16. I'm not even counting the assists, which are almost double digits in a couple of these times, plus the blocks and steals. If the game is going to be close, the Pelicans offer just a fantastic matchup. On a slate that has superstars, is he just the cash game lock, and then we kind of figure out what else is going on? So I just don't think he can be the
1: cash game lock for a couple of reasons. The first, as you mentioned, is that there's just tremendous competition at the superstar slot tonight and not a lot of ways to enable them. So, you know, if Westbrook were to miss, that gives us some cheap plays and that would be really nice. Um, But if he misses, also then Harden is there, right? (laughs) Going up against Charlotte. Uh, Then you have Giannis, like you said, who's in a terrific spot. Then you have Lillard, who, you know, I'm going to throw out some fun Reddit stats today, but uh, one fun Reddit stat on Lillard is that in the last six games, he's accounted for more total points, so between his points and assists, uh, than any player in history, including Wilt Chamberlain's best six-game stretch. So um, just on this truly historic okay. run of, of creating both real game value and fantasy value, also at an all-time high price in a tough matchup. But, you know, he's averaging 70 fantasy points a game, so who knows. And then, uh, then you have LeBron going up against the Spurs at a very reasonable price tag. You have Anthony Davis, still very cheap, going up against those same Spurs. Uh, that are really not equipped to deal with him at all. Uh, then you have expensive center options. There's a lot of, of different ways you can spend the money tonight, and I think it's going to be really tough to just pencil any one guy in as a must play until you've taken a high look or a high level look at the whole slate and tried to figure out, you know, where the good cheaper plays are. Because one thing you'll see also is that when you have this many great players, great players tend to not have super deep teams around them for DFS purposes because they absorb so much of the usage, right? Yeah, and you know, certainly the case in LA, uh, it's been the case in Houston when both guys are healthy and so on. So, uh, so it's actually a very, very tricky slate from that perspective. And at this point, yeah, I, I can't call Giannis a must play.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, with really every point there. It's, uh, it it's makes this weird slate. That's why I kind of said there's a concentration of superstars around the top end. Um, and I think, I you mean, know, in the end, I, if we have to pay up for some of these, I don't, I'm not sure we're even going to get to the middle tier of guys like blood cell and Middleton. So, um, just cause I don't think that's the way the slate is really constructed because there's such, it's such a top heavy performance. What about the Pelican side? They do run into this bucks team. That's I mean, amazing. They have their point differential, like we mentioned in the last podcast, is the point differential for the Bucks down to the Lakers, which who second is the difference of the Lakers, down to like the 15th team in the league, and their defense is just absolutely unreal. We have gotten more minutes out of Zion. Um, you know, they sort of seem to be falling into a rotation that they want to do. Can you trust anything on the Pelican side?
1: Well, the one guy, I mean, it's only a six-and-a-half-point spread, and it's a four-game slate, and there's bigger spreads elsewhere, to give you that spoiler alert, so... Uh, I do think that you have to at least look at the Pelicans here. Um, The main guy I'm looking at, uh, also because of positional depth, is Zion. Uh, Zion, at 7,100, has been sort of paying value on these prices. And the biggest constraint for him, so early they were easing him into it. And then it seemed like the minutes limit was coming off, but then there were some game script issues. And I think his true rotation is something like 32 to 34 minutes a game, but we just haven't gotten a chance to see it just yet. And Zion, for... What he's going to round into by the end of the season is an $8,000 player, assuming they get comfortable with him playing the minutes. And that's really the only question for me right now. Another incredible Zion stat, whether you like him as a DFS player or not, uh, also comes from Reddit is a... Okay, let me... How, to, how do they phrase it? Okay, 81% of Zion Williamson's field goal attempts this season have either gone in the basket or been rebounded by Zion Williamson. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, unusual. he would be the, if uh, it
0: if it was if he had two more weeks of basketball for him or something like that, and he probably the the Jaw Zion thing wouldn't be as clear cut from a rookie standpoint. And he really actually by the end of it might make it close because the numbers are so overwhelming. Uh, he's just so good, and Ja's gonna play way more minutes, and they're probably just cumulatively gonna get there. But it's crazy about how just Im- immediately impactful he's been, uh, just from an everything standpoint. Let's go. Let's keep rolling here. Another big story, 8 o'clock, Houston is a huge, huge favorite over Charlotte. But the story here is that Russell Wilson, uh, I almost said Russell Wilson. Jeez, I was watching the, too much, thinking too much about the Super Bowl. Uh, Russell Westbrook is going to, it looks like, sit out this game. And we know this is another one of those cases where, okay, well, we get a Giannis in a close game. That sometimes makes him a lock. You mentioned Harden. Now we get Harden in a no-Russell no Westbrook game. Almost any slate, that would make him a universal lock. Is he? You know, where, you know, where do we land with wanting to play him, and and where he is in the hierarchy? He's the most expensive of the group, right? So on Fanduel, he is eleven six, a hundred more than Giannis. On DraftKings, it's actually uh, six hundred. He's twelve thousand. Giannis is eleven four. You know, do we even need to make the case for Harden? Is it even worth going through the stats here? Because, I mean, I'll give one: when Westbrook's off the court this season, Harden has a forty-six percent usage rate. OK, 40, <laughs> taking nearly half the, to taking do yeah. nearly half so the just... things with the ball when Westbrook is not on the court. Last game that Westbrook did not play was back. And last week that Westbrook did not play and Harden did not play because they both sat out um, last week. Mm-hmm. Last the last game was against Memphis. Harden played 39 minutes, put up 37 shots, went for 41, six and six. They got they lost by 11 to Memphis. He gets an amazing matchup here in terms of defense against Charlotte. I mean, do we have to even make another case against him? I guess at this point, it's like, do we have enough cheap plays to just fit three of these superstars maybe into cash game lineups?
1: Yeah, right. And I don't think we do. And I think Harden is the guy, if I had to just pick one guy to start with, I'd probably start with Harden, assuming Westbrook is out. Just because, like you said, both the usage and then the assist percentage on top of that, you take both of those combined, and he really does account for essentially every possession. And he's also just been rebounding the hell out of the ball recently, which I think is you know, sort of an effort-based stat where if he applies his energies more aggressively, he can pile those up too. you know, 26 rebounds across his last two games against New Orleans and Dallas. So I think Harden's a phenomenal play. And I think also uh, shooting guard is pretty bad. Um, Like it, it really falls off fast after Harden and then say like Chris Middleton, who I know you probably wouldn't be excited about playing. And then you're like down into you know, Devontae Graham going the other way <laughs> that has a 14-point dog or, you know, Cody Martin or something because he's been getting minutes uh, with P.J. Washington now. But this gets gets ugly and off in an awful fast hurry. And I think given that you have some other good options, especially at small forward, that Harden will be the place to begin tonight.
0: Uh, they have been playing without Capella in the short term. Capella is doubtful or he actually might just be out. No, he's out. He's, he's, out. he's out for tonight. Uh, They have not gone the Isaiah Hartenstein route that people thought that they did earlier in the season. They just opted to go P.J. Tucker at the five and just dare Mm -hmm. other teams. And and by the way, they did it against Utah. It's not like just a oh, we're going to do it when we have the ability to go small, like they sort of were able to do against the Pelicans. No, they forced Utah's hand, to, too, against Gobert. Like, this is just their, this is the plan, is to play P.J. Tucker at the five, go super small along the wings, play very tight rotations. Like, last game, they only played eight total guys. They played Seppalosha, Rivers, and McLemore off the bench, and that was it. They played eight dudes against the Pelicans. I, I Maybe the guy that maybe you see five to ten minutes out of Hartenstein here with no Capella, but the days of, you know, getting his minutes where he would just go absolutely bananas from a DFS play. Don't seem like they're going to be happening. and we have to wait for starting lineups too. Like the Rockets have been known to change things at the drop of a hat. The fact that they won last game with this this unit though makes me feel like they hmm. well, not with this unit because Westbrook played, but you know what I mean. Like that that they didn't go the traditional center route. I will say also hmm. just because PJ Tucker plays a lot of minutes doesn't mean that guy does anything. Last no, like, not playable thirty nine minutes went over five nine rebounds, no assists, one steal, zero points. So okay, enjoy your thirty nine minutes. I heard a great stat the other day they saying about how. Um, PJ Tucker is one ability, one reason he's so good on defense is because on offense he's not required to do a single thing. He just stands there like he's one of like some guys conserve all of their energy on you know the superstars conserve. Right, it's like
1: when they have LeBron cover Terrence Ferguson, it's like the other way. Right? Yeah, it's like Where the it's other like way. He's like go stand in the corner. Yeah, he just like <laughs>
0: has all the energy in the world because he just like just stands in the corner for <laughs> for half, literally half the game that he's out there, and then the other half he can just go absolutely balls to the wall on defense. So I've never thought about it in that way, but it makes total sense. Uh, Charlotte side, anything to see here? Huge underdogs. Um, Easily the... Well, I guess the Lakers are 12-point favorites. Is there anything you want to... Is there any value to extract on a night where we probably are going to need to have a cheap player too?
1: Not for cash games, I don't think. Like I said, you know, some guys are are cropping around our system, like Cody Martin, who is very, very cheap and has been playing minutes with P.J. Washington sidelined. And I guess you can like sort of consider that. For big tournaments, on the off chance that this game stays close you know, you'd have to assume Rozier, Graham, uh, both of those guys would have big games. Cody Zeller's been very good on his price recently, but given how small the Rockets have been going, like, I don't think Cody Zeller is a reason to get yourself bigger and slower against the Rockets, right? So I I would assume that he could lose minutes uh, to one of the more agile, more flexible, you know, four type guys that the Hornets have. So um, yeah, I'm not excited about I'm not excited about any of these guys, especially for cash games here.
0: All right. Portland, 9 o'clock game. Portland goes in and plays Denver. Denver is four-point home favorites here. They have had their injury issues. They're getting a little healthier now. Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to play this game. Jamal Murray is questionable, so we're going to have to wait and see. This would be actually be somewhat problematic if Jamal Murray was going to play because at least our system right now is kind of counting on Monte Porter's Morris. Porter is
1: out right now. Porter's ruled out. Oh,
0: he's ruled out? Am I looking? Oh, my bad. Jeez. i oh, I think my eyes have like gone cross i I, I looked at this this morning. This has not changed. The feed that I'm looking at has not changed. I looked at Michael Porter jr saw that he was out for my for my brain p- labeled him in, and I went in and actually gave him minutes so i did got the old undo button on that one um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully the, oh man, I hope that was like one of the last things I did so Okay, well, Michael Porter's out. Not my bad about that. The last game saw you know Wancho get a few more minutes. They brought Gary Harris off the bench, although he played 30 minutes in that game. He's been really kind of a disaster from an offensive perspective.
1: That was an overtime game. Um, that was a it was a weird one. Yeah, Morris comes in. Morris starts, which people didn't expect, and then also has one of his better games yep. in spite of Gary Harris coming back. So that's an interesting uh, wrinkle for tonight's slate too, because as we're looking for cheaper plays. It's a little bit tempting, right? I mean you get if you got Morris in the starting lineup once again and you could figure he would play if he played thirty-four minutes in regulation against Detroit, uh you'd have to at least consider it. But man, would it feel pretty damn bad. And also Murray, uh they bumped him up to questionable here. Yeah, so that's, that's the problem. If that's he a plays, little bit terrifying as well. If he
0: plays, you have to just write off almost all of the value. You have to write it all off because uh, he he's, a high, off too, he's yeah. a high usage guy. Like he or you know, not a high, he's a decent usage guy in an offense that already kind of struggles to get a lot of shots around everyone else because their pace and Jokic does kind of fill up a lot of what they're trying to do. You know, we're, Jokic is probably going to, it's crazy, man. This guy last game in that overtime game put up a 39, 11 and 10 and he, in 40 minutes. And he might be the odd superstar out in a decent matchup against Portland, right? Like it's this, this is the, this is why the slate is so weird is that you almost kind of, you might be able to get pretty nice separation on just playing Jokic in GPPs. Just because I don't think anyone else is going to play them, right? But play him because I think he's just—he right. at least ranks third, right? Like you have to rank him third behind Harden and Giannis at least. We could talk about the Laker guys in a second, but uh, you know, where does that? I mean, do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Because he's—I re- think
1: you keep going. I don't. I don't even think many people will rank him third in terms of interesting. Just you know, being a salary play. I mean, just in terms of our system right now, points per dollar guys that are more expensive than him and have a higher. Points per dollar projection: LeBron, Davis, Giannis, Harden, <laughs> yeah. and Whiteside beneath him. Um, you know, thirteen hundred cheaper, but you know, with a, a comparable raw points projection, I, I don't see any way Jokic sniffs our cash game lineups. And then
0: Portland looks like they're going to be pretty fully healthy here. The um, you know we had gotten a, like a mellow sitting out game, and we had gotten you know s- kind of situations like that, but I don't. That doesn't seem to be the case here. They are dealing with all the same injuries they've been dealing with the rest of the season. But in terms of their core unit, it's gonna—it's basically been the, like you've mentioned before. It's been the Lillard show. I mean, that's really an understatement. It's been something else beyond that. But he, uh, it's Lillard, and then sort of all the other pieces who are getting varying chances to do stuff. And you get Denver, who's just a good defensive team. Anything to see on Portland here?
1: Yeah, I think Lillard. I think at some point, I—I I did go in. You know, we talked about this in advance of the last podcast we were on together uh, when Lillard was playing, and I said it's—you don't change your projection. After three games, after six, I'm singing something of a different tune. Uh, something has just changed. Uh, the, you know, it, the man is scoring 50 points from the field in hard matchups. against like Utah, L.A., whatever. And I think that's going to be that's the type of thing that seems like it's going to stick for now. Um, they've won four straight as well. So the fact that it's working and everything else wasn't working leads me to believe that this is the plan that they're going to stick with. So I, I did manually just lillard it up in terms of his usage and his assist numbers, which are also sky-high right now. His teams have to respect uh, respect to his offensive game even more. It's opening up opportunities for his teammates, and to his credit, he's finding them. So, yeah, I think I think Lillard is a reasonable value tonight. Again, point guard pretty terrible, and I think a lot of people are going
0: to go back there for cash. The case against playing Lillard um, at because of the recent performance, I'm going to make both sides here, the case against playing him um, because of the recent performance is that it's not unreasonable to say he simply cannot keep shooting from three like this. Nine for 15, seven for 12, six for 12, eight for 12, eight for 15, that lands him something like 62, now nah, something like 60% from three over the last five yes. games. That is not going to continue. And so, oh, and then 11 for 20. So it's actually, yeah, it's probably like 58%. I'm just trying to do the math in my head. Um, that is not sustainable. Okay. Now, what is sustainable, like you mentioned, is one the shot attempts are, are shooting 30 shots. 30, well, that's what I mean. Like, so it's like <laughs> the volume, the volume probably is something like sustainable. This is just the new plan. And the assists are, this is what makes it crazy. So, like, so that's why I'm on both sides of this coin Is I don't think the threes can continue, but the other pieces probably have some staying power if they're just kind of approaching things in a new way here, right? Which is to say, spend a lot more time on ball, spend a lot more time creating, and when you're not creating, make sure you're getting the shots instead of just kind of running off stuff like you've been doing in the past, and not like he and CJ McCollum do in every other thing, or with Melo. Like, if the new plan is just to kind of keep doing this, and I think it kind of is from a high-floor perspective. And I will say, beware of the 5-for-23 game, because, which could be coming down the pike. Just, like, this is what happens. I, I'm not doing, like, a gambler's fallacy i'm just saying that he can't he's just not going to shoot 55 from three for the rest of his career so yeah. that's that's mostly my and c- could he go another nine for 15 tonight of course right so i that's my only little sort of word of caution and if he's going to have these assistant rebounding numbers then he his floor is just high like the guy like guys like harden are because that's where their floor comes from is high uses but also doing all the other stuff it's crazy man this is it's a like guys like him and beal and like all this stuff where they just make these crazy switches you know midway through the year it's very very difficult sometimes to figure out you know what where the truth is and you know what lies underneath final game spurs go in and play the lakers spurs are in the back-to-back here lakers are 12 point home favorites uh are we one are we worried about blowout two how do you want to attack the lebron ad thing you know lebron Gets the triple-double in the first game after the... Oh, no, excuse me. The first game was uh, the Portland game. His last game, he goes for the triple-double. Not that great shooting, but the assists and rebounds were there. And then we get Anthony Davis. Um, you know, right now, our... I can't believe this, but on FanDuel, our current at 9.30 in the morning, Eastern, we have Harden Giannis and Anthony Davis in cash games. Cool. So, I, this is like where do you you know how do you kind of factor both of Davis and LeBron here are we worried about the blowout are you worried that it's the Spurs Spurs have not been you know their old self in terms of defense uh give me give me some thoughts here on the Lakers
1: okay so for starters i'm not going to play lebron tonight i just don't see any way he makes it into our cash game lineups given the excellent big money options we have elsewhere i think <laughs> but like the other big piece about lebron i just want to point out here is that people i don't know why the constant There's this constant assigning of narrative to LeBron, more so, I feel like, than other big stars, where they're like, this is the game. He's just going to like go all out. I think LeBron, I think that theory works a lot better for guys who don't try their best every single night. And I think there are guys like that in the NBA. And I just don't think LeBron is one of them. I don't think you can, no matter what your raw physical talents are, you can't essentially average... You know, 25 twenty-five, eight and eleven—the way he has this year—with like taking a few nights off here and like going all in there. Like I think he's just trying his best every single night, and we know that trying his best every single night yields about fifty-one fantasy points a game, and that's good. That's not bad at all. It's just that it's not an overwhelming value on this price point when you have guys in situations that are unusually good. With Harden in particular coming to mind, uh, with the potential for Westbrook to sit, and. Small forward is very deep tonight. Uh, you get Giannis and LeBron, but then you also get you know, good value options like Eric Gordon, again, if Westbrook were to sit. So I just don't know that small forward is the position, and I don't think LeBron is the best play at the position if you're spending up. So I can't imagine playing him. Uh, Davis, though, I, I think it will be hard to sort of get away from him because power forward is just the polar opposite. Like the only even playable options I see at power forward right now are something like Zion and Brow, and if those are the only two guys – you know, and you don't want to dip into like Trey Lyles and stuff like that, then uh, you might just wind up with Anthony Davis regardless. So uh, that's kind of where where I'm feeling about the Lakers. I think you're going to look at Davis, and I think the rest of them are going to be not quite good enough.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a good point about the power forward, and that is probably where it, it ends up landing because that list. I mean, when we mentioned P.J. Tucker as really – really happened to squint to see about playing him you called him unplayable that's probably closer than just squinting it i don't think you can probably do it jeremy grant's interesting because we didn't mention yeah. him in the portland game because um yeah i we just i, I kind of had lowered if he's going to play
1: 40 regulation minutes the way he did against detroit then yeah you're going to play him uh we have him at 37 minutes i think right now or 36 i can't well remember. i so well, i did the michael porter when i did, the michael, minutes, when I did yeah.
0: the michael porter screw up i lower <laughs> lowered his thing so i've oh, yeah. gone back okay and, so yeah
1: he, he was he was lurking around there um but, yeah, either way, you're still running pretty low on options here.
0: Right, exactly. Like, Favors isn't playing a ton. Kuzma is just off the bench. It's just really tough to trust. So this is sort of where you are, and that's where – it's funny because in terms of a safety standpoint, I see Davis as probably the least safe of that group. But, like, when it comes down to positional scarcity – like, for instance, I don't think we have Davis. I don't think we would play him on DraftKings because I think you can – with the amount of just – multi-position eligibility oh never mind he's in he's 9300 he's in 100 percent of DraftKings kings lineup so I'm, make, I'm making all the you know weird points today about nothing that makes gaffes it. yeah it's joe biden in honor of the iowa caucus <laughs> too soon I, is it too soon i don't know i heard it was a mess i don't really follow politics i i kind of saw that it was something happened that it was i haven't i think they haven't they haven't figured out how to count the votes yet so. it is 2020 or whatever so it'd be
1: 250 years into the democracy and we, we haven't pinned this one down just yet.
0: <laughs> we're gonna get there. It's just everyone, just chill out. We'll figure out how to count them. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's not like it's. And this is difficult. Have you ever counted things before? Can we get really tough? I do it with my, you know, my two year old, and sometimes it's just tough to keep counting all these things that are in front of you. All right, we're gonna get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com dot com is the site. DFSR.com for short. And you know what to do, dfsr.com slash deals will get you started on the free seven-day trial. Go find a longer free trial in the DFS business than that. Seven days for free, covers you for optimal lineups, FanDuel and DraftKings, NBA, NHL, MLB, which I can't believe that season's like pitchers and catchers, I think, report sort of soon, which feels nuts. Uh, It's all covered under one subscription package. Also gives you access to our members-only chat and exclusive PGA and NASCAR uh, content that's really only there, available there behind the paywall. So go check that out. It's all under one subscription package. You're not going to find a better deal. D- DailyFantasySportsRankings.com, DFSR.com slash deals. Buddy, enjoy your Tuesday in the association. I Will do.